Hello! I am so excited! As always, you are now tuned in to Superwomen Can podcast. I am delighted beyond words. I um, like when you just can't move in your seat because you're on edge excited to hear more because we have a special guest and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment another superwoman I cannot wait to share but before I do that of course I've got to remind you the superwomen can podcast has been created for women like you who are breaking past negative stereotypes narratives glass ceilings, concrete ceilings, and all of the above that tell us that we can't. And we know we're superwomen and superwomen can. Now I'm delighted because we've got such a superwoman right now who's going to be able to tell you how you can gear up to have a happier life, to be more successful, have more money in the bank, and more importantly, have more balance at home. Let's hear from our special guest, that's the noise I'm making from actually moving my seat. <laughs> As we introduce Nicole Williams. Welcome. Tell us more about yourself. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for having me, Samantha. This is uh, quite an honor to be called any day of the week a superwoman. But um, <laughs> I just really am excited to be here. And yes, it is all about just empowering women and even the men who support the women. 100%. I love that. Men who are listening in, we got you here too. <laughs> so tell us more, but tell us about yourself. What do you do? How do you do it? Why do you do it? Is that a million work questions? Yeah, I really would start off with, I'd really try to work on the inner life first. We have so many external pressures and so many external voices and noises. And I think it's really important before even starting our day to really just tap into the inner spirit and figure out where we really are. A lot of times uh, we just wake up differently. I know I normally wake up really well, like I'm in a good place. And then all of a sudden I start thinking and realizing what I'm about to go into this world. Social media is in that world and maybe external factors at the job. And just those things can start to change just even the way I start my day. So I think it's really important to get a ritual together and get a routine together, some type of structure to where you can combat those uh, voices and noises before you even really get going. And one of the current things that I've been feeling that has been helping not only me, but luckily other people along the way has been my recent book. So it is 35 Love Notes to Self, and it is... 35 affirmations that really get you going to where you can really step out into that world. And I guess be the superwoman. Oh, I love the title. 35 letters to self. So 35 love letters to self. Can love you tell us one yeah. of the love letters? Is it really long? Like it just a love, a natural super letter? Short. Or is it short? Yeah, super short. Can you give us like one? Like sure. how today is the 24th, right? Is it, oh, I like this. We're moving, we're moving. I'm looking at this calendar from afar. Is it the 24th, really? It is, right? I know. I'm lost right now with my days, but um, days I this so one earlier. And so th it fits in our purse, right? So I was okay. really mindful of that. You can carry it with you, but it says day 24, I strive to learn even more knowing that I don't know everything. I am humble. And I do want to read um, another one because they vary in um, length, 
But um, like for instance, day 22, it says, I quiet, because it goes with what I was saying earlier. I quiet outside noise and the notion that I have to be who society projects me to be. I'm always finding and keeping a purposeful groove that reveals my destiny. I am eliminating confusion and I am living and operating in my creator's perfect timing. So yes, that's something that to me, I'm really happy that it's setting a tone for your day. And then it also is a journal. So you get to write on the side, whatever love note you want to to yourself. That makes it more personable because that's what it's really about. You set a tone, but we all are carrying on our different lives and we all are going down our different paths and we just need to make it make sense for ourselves. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, Very big on affirmations and setting yourself up for the day. Yes. Really great way to set up for the day. What other like habits and routines and rituals do you have that create success for you? I think success is something I've had to come to terms with. What is that for me? What definition do I have? And for me, I just look at it like someone who is at peace, someone who has their obligations taken care of, someone who can enjoy the freedoms of life without feelings of guilt and resentment and just weird damaging emotions. Mm -hmm. And someone who is pouring into others in a way of servitude or service or for so many years, I was a teacher. And so that was my job. But even it spills over into just life in general. And some of the main things that fill me up inside are just sharing with other people and also learning from them. So if that's success, I feel like the way that to keep that, I feel it is um, definitely my faith has kept me uh, very focused uh, in what makes me feel at peace. And it keeps and gives me peace. Um, that surpasses uh, my understanding. And another thing that I would say is I'm a fan of really nice bubble baths. I can give you the recipe because when I say every weekend, if I don't do this, I don't really start my week. And I do what I do is I, I, I love the hot bubble baths, but it's Epsom salt. Lavender is best, especially if you're like high octane, always working, you need something soothing. You can also use essential oils. I love peppermint. It's a contrast where you have this soothing aspect, but then you have this spritzer, this feeling of energy. And you can also use orange or lavender or eucalyptus. I love that. And just a couple of dots, drops are good. And then I love baking soda as well in the actual bath. So you have a couple of different things. Of course, bubble bath, right? So that's, to me, the remedy to a lot of things, no matter what your week was, no matter how many travels or maybe teaching or maybe being a mom or if you're blessed to do that, whatever the week has brought you that's so beautiful and also so challenging, you can end off with that. That that Sunday is really good for a bubble bath, in my opinion. And then (laughs) Saturdays, I try to save that if I'm not traveling with the book. I try to let that be a day of creativity and taking care of some business I couldn't take care of during the week, depending on what was going on. So I treat myself to a matinee movie if I can. These past uh, weeks, I've been all over the place, just cross-country rise. But I, if I'm home, I will go to a movie. And lately, we know not a lot of movies are out because of uh, the strike, which is very understood. 
but I would go to a matinee on that Saturday and just try to sit in the middle where normally it's not a lot of people there. So it's just trying to get lost in something creative because as a writer, you can always appreciate somebody else's work. And that's um, one thing. And then Thursdays, I try to devote those afternoons to uh, clients who are publishing their books. Since I am a publisher, that's my best day to just share knowledge in that way. Wow. Your whole week sounds like my relaxing year. <laughs> I just have, if I can have one of your days, even just one a year, I'd be very happy. <laughs> it sounds good. You know what? I was just sat there when you said bubble bath. You had me at bubble bath, girl. Oh, It's funny. I have I have the Epsom salt lavender. Yes. I was literally going, I need to do that tonight. Yes. I'm not waiting until Sunday. Who wants to wait till Sunday? I want to, I haven't done that for a long time. So I think, thank you. I will definitely, you've just reinforced it. Go and have a little bubble bath. And I agree, anyone listening to to in today, I would just say self-care is vital. (sighs) And having that affirmation, that book is incredible. Honestly, going to go and get that book because I think if you set up your rituals, like you've just said, and you take care of yourself, then everything else takes care of itself. Oh yeah, love that. Yeah. So let me, so you said your business, you're a publisher. I, I understand that you've written your own book. Have you written more than one book? Tell me I more have, about your business. I have, my business name is Eclectically You Experience. I know it's a long, <laughs> it's a long one. I love long titles and names, I guess. <laughs> but it is, it started off in 2017 as an event planning company. And wow. I did event and uh, print design for different businesses. It could be locally as well as across the board. The pandemic uh, definitely pushed me to pivot a bit. And I found that consulting was also a safer ground to still continue to um, serve my customers, but now in a different way. Uh, So since people would always ask me, how did you publish? How did you make a film? How did you do this? How did you do that? I use those times to now just introduce that service as well. So as far as uh, publishing, I have published four books under my own small imprint. And so that's something that's very empowering for me because I know I've always wanted to be a writer, um, but I didn't know how that was going to come about. And it's nothing more fulfilling than just publishing the types of books that you believe in. And the first book that I published was in a different, I published under a different printer and so on, and also publisher. And then I learned from them. And then once it was time for me to do it, I just pretty much changed all covers and uh, did reprints of everything because there were two different, really the first book. And then the second book, I did it in a different way as well. So I just reintroduced all of them in 2019. The first two are fiction novels. Oh, wow. We'll be finishing up that series. It's called Tangled Web of True Love Tales. And so I really delved into seven women who represented the seven deadly sins and they each had their own love slash cautionary tale. And they were all intertwined with one another, whether they knew it or not. And so that journey pretty much introduced all seven. And then um, the second book was Toxic Ties Trilogy. And it is a part of, it's connected to that first book that I wrote. So that's what I was saying. I need to finish the trilogy and that's something I plan to do in the next couple of months so to speak and months could be next two years <laughs> I'm giving myself that and yeah, then no, back to 
have been nonfiction books. So one was for my teaching community, this Lit for Life Lessons, and it's for ELA teachers or English language arts teachers. And then this, of course, 35 Love Notes to Self is the the most recent one. Wow. Amazing. So you've written four books. How, oh, how long did it take you to write all those four books? The first one, it took me the longest because I was in college and I was trying to understand the business and I talked to a lot of people and I was just trying to figure out what route it was. So it was six years and I don't think it was six years of writing, but six years of navigating. And, Sound, yeah. you know? and then the I second think- one, like three years. And then the third was maybe four months, five months, but I, I would say it took a lifetime of teaching in order to write it because it was about, it's a resource book for teachers. So I had to think about over the course of those times or over the course of a decade plus what worked in the classroom. And then yeah. this was just funny because 35 Love Notes to Self, I would say it took me a shorter time, but I didn't publish it right away. I wanted to see if it worked first. So even though I wrote it like within maybe a week, because it is a set of affirmations, right? I didn't publish it until five years later after I had been using them. Oh, wow. So you know the results of them and now you're using your success. Yeah, I was like, let me wait (laughs) until I know. But you're using your success factor. You know that it works and now you're confident in what you put out into the world, which is an amazing way of doing it because we're so impatient right people yeah. are just like you know what I want it out now I want it in the world but actually you've tested it tweaked it adjusted it refined it then said now it's ready I love that it feels like it's gold it's meant for gold that's what it feels like to me rather than these quick let's these quick wins get it yeah. out is I I always hear in the coaching world out is better than in so get it out as fast as you can don't keep it in just get it out and then what happens is then you're not happy with it and then it's fine at least it's out <laughs> oh. you see what I mean and then you want to bring it back and redo things so I like that the way you've processed it in a different way tell me about you as a person tell us your journey through life and what has made you this successful person that you are today sitting in front of us Across national landscapes i know you're in la right now and i'm based in the in, in the uk so we're literally international right now oh that is so awesome first and foremost thank you for thinking that i am successful i appreciate that <laughs> and i feel like it comes from a place of doing what makes you and i feel like when i was a kid I was just writing. I was just creating. I didn't think about an audience. I was doing this because it felt like the most natural way of being me. And so my expression through writing pretty much was very much my communication to myself. And then later on, I thought about it within my faith as my communication to God, just Mm -hmm. trying to find confirmation and understanding about myself. And then I always noticed it was always somebody watching though. Even though it was so personal, Mm -hmm. I would really marvel at the fact that there was always somebody to tell me from their standpoint, how it inspired them. And so I think throughout walking this creative life out, which is tough at times because creation is more, you are not seeing the results. You see it within yourself, or you may be moving with, the spirit of something, but you're not necessarily able to produce it just yet. And so it has been that I've had to have a lot of faith and a lot of 
confidence in what I, the vision is first, and then finding through quiet time and then also through research and also through talking to the right people, how to get something done. So I'm all about execution and that's really what it's about. Many of us have ideas, but I'm really, really steadfast about making sure that if you have an idea, you have a way to navigate enough to get it to the finish line. And even if you have to reverse engineer, making sure those steps are taken into account. Amazing. So you've been writing since childhood, basically. What was your childhood like? My childhood was funny to me because I was very much in an insular kind of household. I was an only child for 15 years. So a lot of times only children have quite the imagination, right? (laughs) So I would be the prankster kid, yet I was very quiet. So people didn't really know where the pranks were coming from. Oh, wow. I was one of those kids. (laughs) I'm I'm so glad I've grown up. I'm glad that era is over. Because now we have call ID too. So it used to be, you don't know who's calling you, but it might have been me. But anyway, I was always living in two different worlds. So I didn't like the the real world. I was listening to the news. I also saw a lot of death happening within my community, young and old, within Mm. my family. I was always going to funerals. So I was really understanding at a young age how serious life was and how finite it is as well. And I just had to have an escape. And to me, it was in the form of writing. It was in the form of storytelling overall. That was the overarching theme, I think, because I would write novels. I would write, I wouldn't finish them when I was a kid though, but I would start them, right? And I would really finish magazines. I really liked that. So what I would do is I would watch what was going on with real life celebrities. And then I would put my tweak on them and create a magazine called like, one of them was brothers and sisters and another one was girlfriends. And I would just put people on the cover Mm -hmm. and I would create a story for them. And then later on in high school, I actually was in a desktop publishing class. And I think that might've been the most beneficial course because it has served me very well in my day-to-day operations with my own business, as well as other people's, and as well as designing books, covers, and illustrations. All of that stuff, I feel, stems from that earlier childhood and then going into preteen. So when my sister came along, she uh, was just such a delight. But it was almost like I was an only child for quite some time. So we did have separate things, if that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah, it definitely does because my sister is eight years between me and her. And okay. I, remember, I felt like I was, eight, I don't know why, I just felt like I was her mom. Yeah. The age, I just felt like we're just, it was just completely different generation. Like the music, she, even now, the music she listens to is really weird, in my opinion. <laughs> what are you listening to? Is this music? The same music. And it's only eight years and it just generation is completely different. So I'm guessing 15 years would be even more. Yeah. Both millennials. I'm the old one. And she's the, she might be closer to the younger one. I don't yeah, know. If we somehow we, we made it in that that generation. Uh, but still, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there is a, a gap of a lot of things, just from how we both act in public and how we <laughs> interact with people and definitely the music. I'm like, I don't even know who's out anymore. I don't know. I've lost talk. <laughs> 
because I've got children and my kids have taken over the TV, the radio, the any gadget, any device. It's just kids music and kids or praise music I remember you also mentioned that you have you're one of the things that you touch into and tap into is your faith in God so tell us about your journey with your faith and how that kind of translates and fields into your book and your writing and your clients oh yeah my faith in God was interesting before before I knew who God was I knew my grandmother right (laughs) and she might have been in my mind God because she was like always going to church. She was on the stewardess board. I grew up uh, CME, which is Christian Methodist Episcopal. And I was really, I wasn't the most church kid because some people were there quite often. I would go on Sundays and I eventually made it a meditation aspect of it. And I got a lot out of taking notes because that's how I process everything. And I would write on the back of, they gave us a program back then. I don't even think they do that anymore. I don't know. But I would keep my notes and I would keep, I actually got baptized later when I was an older individual. I think I was like 20 something. And I wanted, and they said, are you sure you didn't get baptized when you were a kid? We think you did. And I'm like, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. My grandmother at that point in time, she was dealing with Alzheimer's. So in her earlier days, when she was free of that, uh, she was very much a very fair person and she would judge me pretty intensely and fairly. So if I was coming home with a problem, a lot of times she would not take my side. She would actually take the other person's side. And I was like, that's so mean. But I like that I grew up in that way because there's one book that we bonded off of and and it's over here. I bought another one because I missed the one that she gave me, it, I read it so much, it's falling apart. But it's prayers that avail much. And I went and got another one from Half Price Books, which is, I don't know if y'all have one, but we, I love that store. Half Price Books? No. Yeah. In the UK? Okay. No, I don't think so. And so I would just say, with my journey, I told you how I was a prankster and I knew some of my ways of childhood needed to go. And I knew God had his hand on me. Because all of a sudden I was a different person. I'm not saying I was perfect, but I would say that he was working with me in my mind. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad he's making it better because I know I was still that kid. It was a different person. And we all have those awakening moments. And I don't know what did it. I just know one day it was just a difference. And I understood I need to do better and I need to be accountable for my actions and I need to come from a different place. And so that might've been going into middle school is very tough for me and it can be tough for a lot of people, but it was a time when I had to make some really tough decisions and Mm -hmm. I would be visiting my grandmother. And when I say tough decision, it it was like peer pressure type stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And so I had a lot of friends that I lost. We were all coming from pretty much a predominantly black school. And we were going to this school that was so diverse, but it was predominantly white and everything else. And we were more the minority. And I was noticing, I was like, this is weird that my friends are acting different and they are becoming gangsters all of a sudden. And I know they're not that. I know we didn't come up from the the best neighborhoods, but we came from the suburbs and we were not gangsters. Some (laughs) wannabe gangsters were there, but that's not what we were. And I was like, why are they wanting to be the bad kids at the school? I don't understand. So all of a sudden I was faced with 
do you keep these friends that are skipping class? Uh, they are engaging in drugs now. They're drinking early. They're, as far as premarital sex, that was all in your face. And I was like, I can't do that. My people would tear me up and I don't want to. I actually want to learn what's in my class. I actually don't want that on my heart. I don't want to tap into anything that could mess me up later, especially understanding what mental health looked like then. Because I did have some people in my family who were struggling with mental illnesses. And I was like, I'm all, I, I, this is what I would tell people. I was like, I'm already crazy. I don't need to do anything that would jeopardize my mind. And that's how I got out of a lot of stuff. And people really did believe I was crazy. So for whatever reason, it helped. <laughs> leave her alone. Cause I was one of the quiet ones. Right. And people always scared of the quiet ones. So my faith really um, <laughs> came into play then because I was dealing with some real things as far as like, this was not fun to lose friends over choices and then all of a sudden oh you're a goody two-shoes oh you think you're better oh see that kind of stuff that kind of stuff can really it can really spoil your development and your memories and I just remember having to be really strong and unfortunately I lost a lot of friends and I the new friends that I had people were not happy about you finding other friends because they may not have even been my color or my race or it's just and then you get called oreo and it's, that's interesting. Now y'all know, just always having to prove things. And it's, that's when my faith really kicked in. And that's when it became a real thing. And ever since then, it has been uh, a force in my life that has made a lot of rights, a lot of wrongs right. Wow. That's been a story. And it looks like it's really shaped you to be who you are you had to say no basically at a very young age no this is my boundary this is where I say yeah and follow that for your life yeah it's not easy when you're a child to make that decision it's you made me laugh when you said oreo oreo is quite an American thing in England we'd say coconut someone who oh, was really? brown and they, had, they were white inside but the, yeah. yeah you're just okay. a coconut <laughs> so yeah it made me laugh oh is that an American version that is yeah yeah, yeah I, I went to an I went to a, a school which was it was diverse it was predominantly black and then when I went to high school which would be I don't know actually what you call it in America it was predominantly white and I was the only black girl in my class only handful in the whole school so very different and then having to switch myself to go back to my community because I was in a community which was known for its gun crime and violent gun crime and teen pregnancies and things like that so having to switch mm-hmm. and to choose and to make a decision, I'm going to stand out anyway. I can stand up for the right reasons or I can stand up for the wrong reasons. And I may as well stand up for the right reasons. And that has always been my decision. So I get where you're coming from is that you're making the right decisions and you made them early on and continued it through your, as you grew into adulthood, I would imagine. Yeah. Wow. And you, so you live in America in LA right now and you're doing a lot of book touring how is your book touring going up I have enjoyed it I made a decision to visit five cities specifically that inspire me as a writer inspire me as a person and that fuel me in some way shape or form so I had already been to these spaces and places already but maybe with a different journal and an idea of now I'm capturing it for writing my next book 
And so the journey started in February, late February is when I published the book, but I wanted it to already be out leading into International Women's History Month, which oh. is in March. So yeah. that's the first thing I did, launched it in my hometown of Houston, and then in Los Angeles, kicked it off pretty much, and then went from LA to New Orleans, and recently coming back from Atlanta. That's where I'm coming from, from last, really this weekend. And next up I have New York. And so that's where it kind of, but then it picked up two more events out of nowhere, um, which will end in Houston again and Pittsburgh is something that I'm doing more so from a different angle. As a teacher, I'm coaching other teachers at the state of Black Learning Conference. So I'm really excited about that that. But yeah, the book has been changing people's perspectives. I've been really trying to hold tight to the feedback. And I've really been happy to see, that's what I was saying earlier, men, I designed this, as you can see, for women to put in their purse. And it even says that on the back, powerful purse size daily affirmations. When I tell you, I'm glad it fits in their pocket because they have been on that journey with us and doing the work, the inner work. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that that is so true. We celebrate our kings as well and we need them. I always say that I celebrate women and allies, those who really celebrate us. They have to be able to celebrate us too because to. we do take on the world and its best friend on our soldiers and on our shoulders. And as yeah. women, we have, as women of color, especially, we have more than enough. So yes, if they're celebrating us, I celebrate them. They are kings and yeah. Now, I'm so grateful that you have been on here. Where, apart from obviously going to New York City, which I'm sure people would love to follow you right there right now, where else on social media can we find you? Because we're going to put the links right down below here. So if you can tell us where is the best place to find you. Thank you, Samantha. My best place would be my websites um, because they have the links uh, also attached, but I'll start there. So my main website for my company is eclecticallyyou.com. And that's where you can find all things eclectic from me, business-wise, Instagram and Facebook is aligned with Eclectically You Experience, which is a full name. And then my other website for my writer, filmmaker world is my name, dot com. Amazon Mary, I-C-O-L-E, Williams.com is where you can keep up with me. Definitely sign up for the newsletters. I'll keep you up to date with all things me as well as business. And then aligned with my writer website is my Instagram and Facebook. So MK Willpower is my Instagram. And then you can, on Facebook, find my name and it's at Miss Lit for Life. And Twitter is the same thing too. It's, I have two Twitters. I hate that, but I do one for more school activity, Miss Lit for Life. And then one is MK, well, Will Empower. So yeah, it's a lot. Miss Lit for Life. I love yeah. that. We don't yeah. forget that. I'm, I'm looking forward to following you everywhere. You And likewise. What I want to remind those who are listening, Remember to like, share, comment, turn your notifications off, subscribe, do all of those things because we've had an amazing guest. We've got more coming up. Don't forget to follow Nicole 
and continue to tap into her amazing creativity and those other clients, because I'm sure you're going to be broadcasting and showing those off as well. Now, remember that Superwoman Can is all about bringing you to your version of success. So we're excited to see the next episode. Thank you so much. What is your departing words? What's your, tell us your departing words for us. I would definitely say uncover your inner story and cover, uncover your inner story. It starts there. No matter what we do later, we have to tap into ourselves. So let's start there. I love that. Is that your strap line? Uncover your inner story. I it's love just that. the first chapter of my next book. Uncover your inner story. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been amazing. We look forward to, I look forward to everyone getting access to this and sharing. Don't forget.